everybody, and welcome to Wrestling with Statistics, the only show that looks at the world of professional wrestling through the unique lens of statistics and analytics. I am your host, Ryan Knightsey, and with me, as always, is the man behind pro wrestling musings himself, Craig Lease. Craig, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm doing I'm doing pretty well, Ryan. Um, not too bad at all, which is nice, con- everything considering. How about yourself? How are you? I am fine. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, um, uh, I, I was going to say that like the world's on fire, but it's really not on fire. Like, America is going through a lot right now. <laughs> and, and at the very least, it has been going through a lot for a while. And I am uh, very happy, I guess it would be my phrase, to, to see, you know, what, you know, with all, the, all the protest, uh, the, you know, pro- the, I guess you should say the protesting, not necessarily the looting. Uh, but I'm very happy to see all those sort of things to stand up for racial inequality. It's a it's a good thing to see. Obviously, not a great thing to see like rioting and like police brutality and mm-hmm. and uh, 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 and further looting by YouTubers. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm glad that uh, the peaceful protesting is happening. I've had many friends uh, that have gone out and and done protesting, so that's great to he- great to see. Obviously, uh, is, the, I, my question for you is like. I've seen like a lot of countries do like protesting. Mm-hmm. Is is Scotland doing? Have have they done any sort of protesting like this? Um, yeah, there, I think there has been protesting. Um, I don't think it's been widely, um, widely attended. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's odd. Like I'm not I'm not sure. I get why people are protesting in America, and I get why they're like it sucks that they have to do that, and that they're the situation is what it is. Mm-hmm. But like. I mean, the the pandemic is still going on. So in America, people are kind of, I suppose you can't not protest these things because of the pandemic. But at the same time, like in Scotland, like I don't think people are going out and protesting because for us, it's kind of like, well, you know, if, if it looks like the world is condemning Trump, does what 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 does that what difference does that make? Like we've been condemning Trump for quite some time, but if we go out and protest, we're you know potentially condemning more elderly people in care homes or or whatever it is. So I don't I don't think it's got the same. Like it's not this. I think if it was like if it was normal and people were protesting, then yeah, I think you would see a lot of people in places like Scotland, Britain, going out and protesting. Mm-hmm. But I think the priority here is still um, getting getting that curve down, which is fair. You know, like obvious, like, and that's the thing I've told some people is that it's also it's weird to remember. Like, you see all the pictures of the protesting and everything, and it's weird to remember that there's all this is all happening inside of a pandemic. Yeah, yeah, which is quite quite extreme. That's two such like two things that we've never seen in our lifetimes in kind of Western countries are happening at the same time. Yeah. Um, I, I think my, I, I, I've, I've voiced that concerned of my girlfriend, uh, Jesse, uh, mm-hmm. who's, she, you know, I, I've obviously, you know, it's a concern of mine. Cause obviously, like you said, like the pandemic is not yeah. something to joke about America as much as Americans think they are American. America is not through this pandemic. No. Um, and by any stretch of the imagination, it's definitely it's definitely lessened than what it was, but it's you know, 
<laughs> I mean, lesson in the sense that we also aren't testing effectively <laughs> enough, and <laughs> so it's a whole thing. But um, you know, so America is not through this pandemic. Uh, but I had a voice I concerned with my girlfriend, and she basically was like, "Well, that's understandable, but at the same time, uh, people are protesting. I believe people are protesting, and they are, uh, you know, all wearing masks, being as mm-hmm. safe as possible in terms of social distancing. Obviously, with the amount of people that there are there, and I and she was like, I think it's just the the reason for protesting is too important to pass up." Mm-hmm. It's yeah, too yeah. important of an issue to ignore. It sucks that we have to do it during a pandemic, but, you know, I guess it's, you know, when you're stuck between a rock and a hard place, you know, you have to pick one of the lesser of the two evils. Mm-hmm. And that's the yeah. amalgamation of two uh, metaphors that I'm going to do <laughs> from the show. The king of metaphors over here. Yeah, and the, the, videos, the videos that comes through on social media are just more and more kind of, depressing Just, yeah depressing um i i had i've been out walking this weekend quite a lot today and yesterday we kind of went and walked up a hill which was helpful and um, but like i've had quite a low week and i do think that like a lot of it is just when you end up sifting through all this stuff on the internet and you see this policeman said this and this and this video of this person of such and such an age being handled by a policeman in such a terrifying fashion mm-hmm. it's just like it's it's hard not to kind of see it and despair but yeah there we are yeah I, I should also say jesse my girlfriend she also for the past week has basically she deleted all of her apps of twitter instagram facebook uh because she was obviously getting highly anxious from it all I haven't. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've haven't deleted those. Um, I've gone the same. I've gone the same way. I've taken Twitter off my phone. I think in it, it, I've seen people be like, you know, it's you want to. I, I don't know. How should I say this? I, I feel bad because I want to. I want to know what's happening, but it mm-hmm. obviously is highly stress-inducing, and I feel bad because yeah. I feel like because you want to. Uh, you want to. Uh, you know support and you want to like do stuff on social media to support but at the same time you're constantly being flooded with like the negativity it's Mm -hmm. incredibly draining um i think it's about partitioning it with your day though because like i know if it's on my phone it's too much like it's it's too much of a oh where are my words um you know it, it draws you in too much it's too much Oh, I really can't think of that word. It's a really obvious, silly word. Um, ah, <laughs> <laughs> what's it? What's it when like? What's it like when something like draws you in? It's like, oh my goodness, just good like draws you in, uh, entices you. Yeah, that kind of thing. Like it's too, it's it's too easy to just pick up when you're bored to pick up your phone and it's start too, flipping it's through too, the internet. It's too sexy. Um, no, <laughs> not like it's too. You know, it's just. What is the word? It's a word I use all. It's, you know when you forget a word, and it's a word you use. It's a word you use all the time. So you don't use sexy all the time, or no, no, I do not. <laughs> oh my goodness! Never mind. Okay, moving along. But yeah, if it's if it's just on your phone, like it's like a compulsion. You're just you're doing it all of the time, um, and it's whereas if you like, I I've not stopped using Twitter. It's just. 
um, I'll it, I use it through my my laptop, but I don't have my laptop in my pocket all day. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's also a good point. Is like by deleting it from tempting. Your... It's too Tem- tempting. There it is. Why couldn't? Oh my goodness! Three it took up three minutes, folks. To... Oh. Uh, that's that, good job. Good job, Craig. <laughs> It's not patronizing at all. <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, it is incredibly tempting, especially being your social, uh, having social media on your phone. And mm-hmm. I think saying, you know, we we couple last week or a week or two ago, we were talking about social media. Um, yeah. You know, and using like blocking or whatever. Um, if you were even stepping away from social media by just deleting it from your phone and still using it from a computer itself, that helps immensely from the get-go because that you know like you said it it immediately limits the amount of time you're spending on social media yeah um, and it, it, it is addictive um and but sometimes when things are addictive you choose to do them anyway mm-hmm. but like you know you wouldn't eat ice cream all day every day um you know too you much know of a mean? good thing too much of yeah, a good thing, yeah really. so if you remove it from like your well, your person as your phone kind of ends up ends up being then it's you know it's it's um you know you're constantly controlling it yeah well uh of course we just want to say here that if you if you the listener wants to do anything to help you know there's plenty of places to google stuff but uh, um um there's a link that we've i've posted several times on uh hit the books twitter pe- account uh you know sign up for petitions donate to some bail funds or bail bail funds yes um there's plenty of things you do to help uh to help out uh george floyd and his family or many of the other people that have been affected uh throughout history i guess um uh, but go uh go uh please support those if you if you feel the need or just you know want to help you want to do something um let's get into the actual show craig um you know we're looking at of course aew just a little table of contents we're looking at aew again this week uh, we're looking at uh, the TNT first ever defense of the TNT championship by Cody Rhodes against Jungle Boy, the challenger. And looking, of course, at those uh, stat breakdowns. We're also going to look at the stat breakdowns of a tag team match between Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page versus Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc. Uh, along with that, you know, last week we were for the several past for the ugh, for the past several <laughs> weeks. Oh my God! For the past several weeks, we've been looking basically at individual stats and how they compare uh, between win-loss records. So we're continuing that this week with dives. So let's get into it first off. Uh, we're looking at Cody Rhodes versus Jungle Boy. This, of course, was the first-ever challenge for the TNT Championship, the first-ever challenge for the weekly open challenge for the TNT Championship, which uh, has, has been already immediately met with some <laughs> disdain from some fans about how their open challenge is working in two weeks. Um, but, uh, besides that point, we got a card, uh, we have a stat breakdown right here in front of us, Craig, uh, can you walk us through what, what are some important things to take from this? So we're looking at, um, Cody Rhodes and Jungle Boy first. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, it wasn't, it wasn't the longest match. It went just over 10 minutes. Um, it, it started really interestingly. There was kind of, um, they were kind of grappling for, for control, um, if you're looking at the kind of the graphics, um, you'll see that Cody Rhodes is kind of in control at the beginning. There's a few spikes of offense from him as he's kind of like slamming Jungle Boy down quite a lot and um, putting on submissions. And there's another big spike from Cody again. He kind of takes control, 
um, Jungle Boy kind of battles back using some diving maneuvers, um, which was the only time during the match that Jungle Boy did anything other um, than use strikes. Um, his offense wasn't very varied, whereas Cody was able to vary his a bit more, making better use of grapples and some submissions. Um, this match was kind of cut off by an ad break, so I've got four, uh, 10 minutes, 14 seconds. That's just televised time. I suppose the implication is this was a 13, 14 minute match. But yeah, um, I, I really don't like when matches that like big matches like this are cut off by ad breaks. I do find it spoils it somewhat. Um, and then, yeah, as we went to the end of the match, there's the kind of dramatic stuff with the table spot. Um, Cody, of course, busts his head open by missing a headbutt and headbutting a wall, um, which found a little bit silly, but okay. Uh, the bit between Jungle Boy and MGF I really enjoyed. That was obviously to allow Cody to cut his own head open. But yeah, the kind of back and forth where Jungle Boy was asking MGF how his chest was, obviously in um, reference to him kind of chopping it repeatedly a couple of weeks prior. Um, there's a bit during this match where Cody's bleeding and they're and Jungle Boy hits him a few times and the blood actually goes on the camera, which was a little bit gruesome. But anyway, and yeah, uh, match ends with a crossroads, just one. Cody's been hitting a few crossroads to end matches, but this just took one. And then there was the kind of amateur theatrics, Cody lying, holding Jungle Boy's head as if they've just gone through some kind of, um, I don't know, crazy battle. Uh, rather than just a 10 minutes TV match. But yeah, a decent match, varied offense from Cody. He's obviously trying really hard to get this champion character over. He was very intense throughout, various offense, lots of grapples, lots of submission. Jungle Boy um, hit one grapple move, two dives, and everything else was strike. So he perhaps needs to um, change things up in the future. Yeah, uh, I will not lie when I say that the looking at, at the very least, looking at Jungle Boy's numbers is sort of disappointing to look at. I mean, obviously leading in strikes, but beside, I mean, leading in strikes and leading in dives, I guess. Yeah. In pin, pin attempts, but besides that, like you know, he's pretty much only strike. I don't know what his game plan was going into this match, but apparently it was just to punch Cody Rhodes in the face. <laughs> Just over and over again. Uh, you know, forty-seven percent match offense. Uh, forty-one percent more reversals, of course. But I don't mm. know. It, it. I don't know. I. I was really going to this match expecting some sort of um, you know, showcase of Jungle Boy's abilities. Um, yeah, and I think we got a bit of a showcase of Cody Rhodes's dramatics. I think yeah. Maybe even being kind to not call it amateur dramatics. Or at the very least, like, I've also seen some place of, like, oh, maybe they're slow-burning a Cody Rhodes heel turn. So, Mm -hmm. like, you know, showcasing more of his aggressiveness. Which I'm all for, because I love heel Cody Rhodes. Oh, me too. Fantastic character. Of course. Um, But, yeah, this was just uh, sort of a I guess sort of a disappointment, I guess, would be in my eyes. I think it paled in comparison to the other match that was on the card, the other title match. The uh, tag team title match? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 10 minutes is weird. I did also see somewhere on Twitter that people were suggesting that this match had potentially they ran out of time um, mm-hmm. for this match, uh, which is weird because it was taped. 
uh, so why you ran out of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, but maybe so there's that idea of like, maybe they ran out of time and they couldn't, uh, you know, do this, do yeah. enough spot to really showcase it. So they just kind of rushed through it. Um, looking at the flow of offense, did you write down perhaps, um, at what minute point did yeah. Cody Rhodes get busted open? So Cody Rhodes gets, so see where there's the big, the big red spike. Correct. About, um, about half then there's then there's the blue spike mm-hmm. and there's a there's a, like a second blue spike there's a tiny red spike in amongst that that was the first headbutt and then he does the second headbutt oh okay okay so, yeah so, um okay. i should, could ma- i could maybe even start like labeling these graphs of like significant moments yeah that, that's an interesting idea so yeah it's um, so it, it happened around in terms of time during the match. It was around just before the five minute mark. Okay. So about halfway, halfway into the televised match. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, and then, and then Jungle Boy gets it immediately back. Yeah. So Jungle Boy gets a little bit of. I mean, it doesn't. When you look at the offense chart, it doesn't change things too much. Jungle Boy gets that big spike there, mm-hmm. and when Cody's reeling from obviously hitting his head. Um, but it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't really last for long. Jungle Boy gets in. Like, I suppose that's the, this is the issue with how Jungle Boy re- wrestled the match. Cody Rhodes has just busted himself open. Um, Jungle Boy then immediately uh, hits eight strikes. I think that's the bit where he's kind of got him on the ground and he's hitting him. He's mm-hmm. you know he's going for the cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, and then that's it. He didn't. He didn't take advantage. He didn't. He didn't manage to Cody fought through the blood, maybe even like fired him up. Um, you know, and Jungle Boy kind of went out with a bit of a whimper. Yeah. I, especially I, after his previous performance against MJF. Yeah, it felt like this match sort of maybe hurt Jungle Boy more than it helped Jungle Boy. Yeah, which is not the kind of John Cena open challenge kind of format that people have been suggesting they'll be going with. Exactly. Uh, I do like to see that, uh, however, that our previous uh, analysis when it comes to uh, stat, individual stat breakdowns in terms mm-hmm. of win-loss records are yeah. still holding true. Uh, yeah, Jungle yeah, Boy absolutely. getting the most strikes but still losing. Cody getting mm-hmm. Rhodes getting the more strike downs and grapples and winning. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's all I'm going to say on the matter. That's a little Ooh. tease. <laughs> <laughs> tease for, the, for later. Um, are you interested to see how these TNT championship uh, uh, open challenges will play out, uh, especially with Mark Quinn coming up next week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's fascinating because it does look like it's going to be a title challenge like every week. I think Cody really wants to make it this big thing. I don't think this one hit home. I don't think this one was a success, but you know, it's, it's one match. It, it was, it was entertaining. Um, like, I don't know. 2.75, 3 out of 10, probably a 3 uh, three out of 10, and 3 out of 5. <laughs> Whoa, um, 3 out of 10? Oh, geez. Hot take um, McGee over yeah. here. <laughs> so, like, it, it, it'll be really interesting. I would like a little slither of logic into how these contenders are found. Like, even if it's just, like, they've they applied and it's the champion's prerogative as to who's going to be in or... They apply and the TV execs want to see an entertaining match, or they apply and, and the wrestlers vote on it. I 
I would like I would like it to not be the kind of mysterious because wrestling and somebody is just it's just just because I don't like that and that's how I felt about Mark Quinn getting the shot um but yeah it'll, it'll be a fascinating match he's a fascinating performer so yeah I'm quite quite intrigued by next week yeah I'm interested as well um obviously um Mark Quinn sort of replacing Phoenix uh Phoenix still suffering from that awful injury that from that awful dive yeah no one caught him um yeah i'm interested to see how it plays out uh i I agree that it's sort of a miss this week and i do sort of wish there was a way a more explicit way about who is able to challenge um you know obviously there are you know he cody rhodes has teased the idea of it being anyone can challenge so there are some like surprises potentially that they want to save you know, I, I think you can expect to see Matt Cardona challenging one week. I don't necessarily think that will mean he'll be signing with AEW, but I think you'll you'll see things like that. Yeah, I think I think Matt Cardona is a great pick. I wouldn't be surprised if like a warhorse is up there. Um, a what? Sorry, a warhorse. 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 You don't know who Who's warhorse? warhorse? Warhorse is the current Beyond Wrestling Internet Champion. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, I, I, yeah. He's a mm-hmm. he- he's a heavy metal wrestler. Is basically right. what he is. Um but there's like there's like you know these people that like would be a good use to like oh let's get him on TV a little bit. Matt Cardona is a great pick. You mm-hmm. know, if you wanted to do a Leo Rush as well, that'd be interesting. People that may not sign but would be cool to just see on TV as well. Um uh I'm interested to see how it plays out. I like I said, uh I wish it was more explicit. There is this idea that like we all know that cody kind of runs the promotion Mm -hmm. so maybe my guess would be that like maybe cody's picking select like specific people um that's my only (laughs) that's my only guess Mm -hmm. on the matter uh and if that's the case then it's then i'm sort of like interested in terms of i don't know it's interesting i feel like champions shouldn't pick who they're uh challenging even if they're a face or whatever um yeah i i don't I, I yeah i don't even mind that i would just like i want to know what the rules are <laughs> i don't want it to be yeah i don't if if they're telling us that it's a sport and it's a wrestling league and i'm I, i'm aware that i'm tre- retreading ground but it shouldn't be just because wrestling you know just even if it's just like it comes out of a hat and you know it doesn't come out of a hat they want it to be mark quinn cool if it comes out of a hat it comes out of a hat i'm okay with that and just like a slither of a story would be wonderful oh at the end of every tnt open challenge cody goes into like a goes to like a boot and pulls out a name out of the boot and and like reads it it's like at the end of the match he reads it and it's like this is who i'm challenging next week um, I suppose, yeah, fine. <laughs> like that's just something. That's, let's do that. Um, let's move on to the next matchup, which of course mm-hmm. was the uh, T, not TNT, but the AEW Tag Team Championship title defense of Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus the Super Bad Death Squad of Jimmy Havoc and Kip Sabian. Um, of course, with Penelope Ford by their side. Craig, I'm going to throw it to you yet again. Uh, what are some? There's a lot of stats here. What, what are some of the interesting things that come out to you? Um, I don't know about you. I really enjoyed this match. I liked that it went first and there, it wasn't interrupted. You got to see the whole thing. Um, the stats are a lot more interesting with this. It was a far more fast-paced match. Um, AEW tag team matches do tend to be like that. They're 
isn't a lot of time spent on submissions, but you tend to see quite high striking stats and reversal stats. But then also what's really interesting is AW tag teams hit quite a lot of kind of big grapple moves as well. They, they do make a huge amount of use of kind of double teams, which often um, comprise of like one guy striking and one guy uh, doing like a slam move. So they're, they're quite hard hitting, fast paced matches. Here, Page and Omega dominated the match, 57% of the offense, which is a fair bit. And when you look at the, the match uh, flow of offense graphic, you can see there are quite a few large spikes from Page and Omega. And uh, Kip Sabian and Havoc were kind of struggling to kind of hit any offense. If you watched it, that, not, that might not sound uh, like how it was presented. Um, quite often when... Sabian and Havoc were in charge. They they were kind of grinding down. They didn't often hit a huge amount of offense. Um, yeah, um, some of the stats that stand out, 48 strikes to 38 in favor of Page and Omega, um, 10 to 8 in terms of strike downs, 11 to 3 in terms of grapple. So these are, these are some big numbers, 2 for 2 in terms of dives. No submission from Page and Omega, which is actually not uncommon in tag matches. Um, 17 seconds from from their their opponents. So yeah, it was a really enjoyable match. Lots of offense, fast paced, hard hitting. Amazing to see Hangman Page back. Kenny Omega did a wrestling match. That's that's always a treat because he's <laughs> Kenny Omega. And um, yeah, good good stuff. Yeah, uh, when I'm looking at this, the the real thing that comes out to me is that it it looks like uh, Page and Omega just sort of out wrestled. Uh, uh, Havoc and, and Sabian, and maybe not out wrestled, or is that the exact word? But at the very least, as a tag team, they were a better tag team than Havoc yeah. and Sabian. Like you said, looking at that flow of offense graph, there, uh, the heights of Omega and Page's offense are greater every time mm-hmm. than ha- Sabian and Havoc. And like you sort of alluded to, when Sabian and Havoc had control of the match, they didn't really take advantage of it um in terms of page and omega kind of they they hit a lot in a short space of time yeah so you know it, it to me it's it, in a way it's sort of an out wrestling uh of the their opponents but also they are the more they are the tank and champion so they are a little mm-hmm. bit more experienced um of course you know because we've seen you know even though they've been rooming for however many months now they've only been tag team uh you know ta- a tag team really for Two months, maybe a month, something like that. Uh, Jan, I think it was January. It kind of started. I don't. I, I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I felt. Like, I felt. Well, I felt like it didn't start until the pandemic Atlanta tapings, but it might have been January. Either way. Oh, sorry, sorry. I'm I'm talking about Page. Oh, and oh yes, yes. They're yes. also just put together. Yeah, it it's it's not been very long at all. This is this was like their fourth or fifth tag team match. Okay, yeah. So they're very much inexperienced when it comes to being a tag team, even though they yeah. were able to get an upset victory last week. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean that's that's the biggest thing I got out of this match is that um, this, this was their this was only their fifth tag match. Interesting, interesting. Uh, and obviously, Omega and Page are not only amazing singles competitors, mm-hmm. but uh, you know they've been tagging since January, so they have a lot of more. Ex- well, tagging since yeah. January, a little bit of a break <laughs> in the middle there, yeah. um, but we're back. Uh, I'm interested to see, um, of course, where the uh, Omega and Page team continue. Obviously, there's 
a lot of potential challengers around the bend. Um, you know, obviously they have best friends coming up at Fighter Fest. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll sort of see, I guess, what they do there. Yeah, and I think um, what the stats maybe even shows here that Paige and Omega have really grown as a tag team. Um, nine double team moves in this match, which is is a lot. Um, so yeah, they're they're kind of looking like a proper gelled tag team now. Which so you know they're they're not looking like this kind of um, hastily put together tag team champions anymore. They they are they are a mountain to climb now. They're a, a big scalp for whoever eventually manages to take those titles off them, be it the young bucks or whoever else. Yeah, they've definitely grown into their titles in a way. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm interested, like I said, I'm interested to see where it goes. Whether it be like you said, young bucks could be uh, best friends, obviously around the corner, mm-hmm. maybe FTR. Yeah. Um, uh, who knows? We'll see what happens. I guess. Um, but let's move into the next uh, point of our show, next segment of our show. We've been obviously looking at the past several weeks those individual stat breakdowns in regards to win-loss records. You know, we sort of figured out that uh, strikes are not the, the number of strikes are not the most important, but the more important stats to look at are strike downs. The more strike downs, the more grapples you do, um, have a higher chance of leading to a win versus a loss. Uh, and so last week, we're sort of playing around the idea. We, you know, obviously, we're talking about strike downs and grapples and be like, oh, these are like, you know, heavier, bigger guys doing strike downs. Typically, you got the big power moves of grapples and slams and power bombs and whatnot. Uh, I wonder, we wondered if anything like if, if diving would affect how could diving look at this? And now we're looking at this this graph right in front of us. It's not looking great for our diving friends, uh, quite honestly, Craig. No, um, so we have a somewhat negative correlation here. Um, most of the correlations we've seen have been somewhat slight. I would suggest this is a slight to moderately negative correlation. So it's we're seeing that like um, between kind of hitting no dives to two dives in a match you're going to be winning around three to four matches which is good and then by the time wrestlers are hitting like 15 to 16 dives in a match they're suggesting that um you'll be winning maybe one zero or lower than that in in general so um it doesn't seem like taking to the skies and getting in loads of high risk moves is particularly successful and the way that the stats are done is um, it only it only counts the, the moves that hit. So if a wrestler attempts 10 dives and hits eight, then that's written down as they, they hit eight dives. So it's not as if um, the reason that these guys are losing more matches than people that use less dives is because they're missing some of them. Um, what it might suggest is people that are prone to using a lot of dives um, will hit lots but that means that the amount that they'll miss will be increased too um so that that's a potential a potential reasoning uh it could also be to do with energy usage but i would suggest what we are seeing here perhaps similarly to the grapples is that wrestlers that are using a moderate amount of these maneuvers are the ones that are racking up the wins yeah, I just uh, I was just looking at our previous graphs off screen here. Uh, mm-hmm. The 
the negative correlation trend here is sort of in the same um uh what's the word uh slope i guess mm-hmm. oh, that's not the word r squared um uh, as to the uh strike down positive correlation um okay. which is which is interesting uh that's you know the yeah math um so yeah I, I, it's interesting because uh I, you, you would expect you know people like uh you know phoenix to be up there alan saving Guevara, but people you know we've sort of joked around the idea a lot of people have joked around the idea that this company is sort of maybe like a flippy do mm-hmm. company yeah. uh and you know what we've been what we've found so far is that when it comes to at, at the very least the men's singles division uh it's not really a flippy do company. It's, you know, Moxley is all the way up there with not many dives. Cody, a little bit more dives, but still, you know, middle of the pack. Uh, even people below the line here, you know, people, uh, more high flyers like pack, like Janela. I would maybe say yeah, not really a high flyer, but definitely flies around a little bit. Uh, Trent, similarly as well. Cabana has a little bit of flying as well. Um, uh, even them below the lines, like they're it's interesting comparing those people to like Archer and mm-hmm. Lee and MJF yeah. and Omega being in the back. Spears, Spears, Spears has zero dives. Is that, that one yeah. right Spears has not left his feet. Interesting. Okay. Oh yeah. This is, this is very interesting, Craig. I'm very interested. I, I love that. I love that what we're doing. So far. <laughs> I love, <laughs> it I is love really interesting. Stuff. I'm surprised at how interesting it actually is. Yeah. The, this relationship between diving and win loss records and, Seeing that you know people who have d- dived are not um, winning matches, I-, I guess my only real like thought in regards to this is, you know, when people sort of talk about it being like a flippy do company, mm-hmm. you know, one of the names that really strike you when I- when I say flippy do is maybe like the Young Bucks. So I yeah. wonder when we eventually get to tag team wrestling, mm-hmm. if dives, uh, yeah, dives, I guess are important to win loss yeah. records um yeah sorry I've, I've made a mistake with my words so when we were talking earlier about the numbers um this chart is about wrestlers um how many dives they do per hour of wrestling i think i was talking about as if it was like per match so like for example um jungle boy is currently doing around 17 dives per hour of wrestling whereas jimmy havoc is doing about 1.7 dives per per hour um of wrestling mm-hmm. okay okay um yeah. Yeah, that's such a huge difference between jungle boy and jimmy havoc um yeah i i, I yeah you know i love to see this graph uh, i love to you know the fact that there is a negative correlation in, mm-hmm. in this is pretty crazy um i, I don't know i mean where, where do we go to next what's the next stat we sort of look at um, well, the next the next one, just going along the kind of um, the the XL would be submissions, which I I don't know. I've got a feeling that that is a positive one. Yeah, submissions. I'm sort of I for me, it could be like up in it's sort of like up in the air of like it could go either way. I'm just sort of mm-hmm. like well, submissions maybe, but at the same time like you know it just sort of i don't know you know it's just sort of like it's one of those things that like i guess it sort of wears down your opponent's submissions yeah um and maybe that's the same idea in regards to like grapples and stuff but the other thing is about submissions is it's often used to to create um i'm 
second guess myself now because it's often used to create like the story, like the underdog story. So we've we've kind of almost established that the company kind of builds quite a lot around guys being resilient. Like we've got Cody and Moxley with the most wins, the champions. Moxley's defining statistics seems to be that he's super resilient. Mm-hmm. So like that that's often done by having like the person being resilient being ground down by submission moves. So it, it yeah, it might it might actually be negative. Oh, that's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah, I guess we'll find out next week. Yeah, uh, I'm, <laughs> that's the tease for next week. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, any more any more thoughts in terms of this diving, um, diving sort of win loss action here? Uh, no, no, nothing other than to just mention that um, MGF is sitting on around 1.9 um, dives per hour, which is interesting as he's the guy that's like dives don't matter, stupid flippy stuff that doesn't win you matches. So he's doing it, you know, about two times an hour. He's doing he's he is doing it about two times an hour, but he to the to play devil's advocate here, Craig. He's not wrong. <laughs> he's he's not wrong in saying that dives dives don't uh, win you matches. No, but it, it might it might. I think I think this is going to be a case of like how much of this stuff you're using because I think with grapples we kind of saw that it did help, but the guys that were going out to the extreme weren't the guys with the best win-loss records. And Moxley and Cody seem to be ending up around the middle on most of these graphs. So I don't know. I, I think we're going to be looking at wrestlers should be balancing their offense rather than being specialists in particular mm-hmm. things. Yeah, that's and that, you know people like Jungle Boy Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Orange, I, Orange, I would not say is a specialist at anything. <laughs> um, but that's that's more character than anything else. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess to be fair, I, if anything, it goes into the notion that uh, diving is high risk, right? Yeah. You know, if if you hit someone, I don't know. I take that back actually, because if you hit someone, it not won't necessarily give you a win. You know, Phoenix hitting. You know, obviously, I presume all these dives are hits as well, not like you're just diving and missing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, I take maybe I take that back. Where it's it's high risk, but going for a dive with Phoenix, you know, sixteen dives per hour, only positive two wins. So mm-hmm. I don't. So maybe maybe it's worth it. I don't really know if it's actually worth it to dive during matches. Now I think about it. Yeah, I mean, this would suggest it's perhaps not. But um, again, it might it might need more data, like um. Some of the so this this charts only guys that have been in the ring for thirty minutes or more. So a, a lot of their their numbers is being rounded up to get that per per hour um, ratio. So I think coming around and doing this again later on in the year to see if these things hold up would be quite interesting. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But thank you everybody for listening to, uh, this week. If you want to hear that NXT takeover in your house uh, review, uh, you can subscribe to this podcast feed so that you can make sure to get it next week, uh, next Monday. Uh, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast feed. If you like what you heard, uh, I recommend uh, leaving a review on iTunes. 
Um, it obviously would help out more people to see the show. Um, and it was just a weird way, just taking that, you know, minute or two out of your day, leaving a quick little five-star review about, you know, saying some nice, if you want to say nice things. But it actually helps us out a lot uh, in terms of, like, algorithms and whatnot. But we would greatly appreciate it. Also, you know, we would just love to read it. We read your thoughts on the show. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter at HitTheBooksPod is where you can follow us. We also just launched a website, uh, htbpod.com. There's six letters, baby. Um, you can go there and you can see a bunch of stuff in regards to my show that I also do, Hit the Books. Um, you can, so you can see our back catalog of all of our cards, like two years worth of cards that you can read up on to catch up on our actual show. Uh, if you're all interested in listening at that, Craig, what do you got to plug? Um, you can follow me at Craig PW Musings on Twitter. Um, there, there's also the at PW Musings Twitter accounts. Um, the difference is the PW Musings Twitter account is just like the stats and stuff. And um, my personal one, I might like try to talk about it. Um, the yeah, so one's more interest. Uh, one is more organized than the other. It is easier to find the big stuff. The other. And the more personal one, I tend to just complain about booking and American <laughs> politics, and, but then come up with interesting polls about New Japan. So there we go. Yeah, well, while we hold over until New Japan returns, mm. uh, potentially. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Look, at, It's looking good. It's looking good so far. But we'll see how it turns out. Um, yeah, and of course, you can go to ProWrestlingMusings.com. Um to get, oh, up, yeah, that too. <laughs> get the important plugs out of the way of course uh you go to prowrestlingmusing.com if you want to see a full-on text image version of yes. what we've been talking about today you can go to prowrestlingmusing.com and see the aew wrestling league report of course for june 3rd dynamite um, um, there will probably be two or three matches worth of statistics for in your house yes what, you, what, who, what matches do you think those are probably going to be for um ooh, interesting question um gargano lee possibly mm-hmm. um i don't know what the match i'm most, most looking forward to is the women's match but triple threats aren't what? always actually no they're, they're that triple threat i'll do that because i'm most interested in that i don't know what else i'll do i'm not super interested in any of the other matches unfortunately which is a crying shame for nxt because that kind of was you know, kind of what got me properly back into wrestling, that in 2016 SmackDown. 2016 SmackDown, oh man, those were the days. Ooh, yeah. that, that's what really got me back into wrestling as well. Daniel um, Bryan on Talking Smack was possibly the best thing about it. <laughs> it's chef's kiss beauty over there. Uh, yeah. I loved it so much. Uh, well, thank you everybody so much for listening to the show. Obviously, like we said, we'll talk about NXT TakeOver in your house properly uh, next week. Uh, you can check all those things uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel I should also say you can see a video version of this podcast probably too late to say that but you know if you wanted to see a video version of this podcast re-listen to it give us more numbers re-listen to it uh, we would appreciate that I guess uh, thank you everybody for uh, listening to us this week we'll be back next week uh, have a good day